Hey everyone, welcome to this special Christmas episode of the Scripture Study Project, our podcast that gives you a fresh and faithful perspective of the scriptures that will renew your excitement for your own personal study and help you passionately teach what you are learning to others. We are excited to be with you just briefly this week um, in anticipation of the upcoming Christmas holiday. Um, as we were preparing tonight, we thought, you know, we it'd be fun to send a Christmas card to everybody that listens to the podcast. It's not feasible because there's a lot of you. Um, so this is our Christmas card to you. And so we wanted to share that with you and, and wish you a Merry Christmas officially. Um, yeah, as we are packing up our study records to send off to you, it was very cool to just be sending them everywhere. I didn't keep track of if we touched all 50 states, states, but we certainly went to the ends of all the states. And even um, I'm working on getting some orders to outside of the country if we can get that figured out or even hopefully um, crossing fingers that we can get a digital version here um, in the next little bit as well. So we'll keep you posted on that. But I think that was part of the feeling is just like, we really like these people and this is really cool that we have this connection through um, something that we love and something that you love and are interested in, obviously, and kind of sharing this community. So um, that's what we thought. We thought there are so many great things to listen to, um, to watch this Christmas season. Um, and of course, we've recommended many of them over the last couple of weeks um, as we've been in December. But um, so this is just going to be a quick episode today of some of our thoughts on the Christmas story. Yeah. What we wanted to talk about is the very first Christmas story, obviously in the scriptures, but the very first people in the very first Christmas story, um, Mary and Joseph. Now we've studied this quite a bit over the years. It's kind of a personal hobby for both of us. Yeah, I think one time we did, well, I wrote an article that you helped me with um, because we kind of got fascinated with um, looking at how Mary and Joseph would have parented Jesus. I think there's a lot of lessons in that too, yeah. which was really kind of a fascinating um, thing for us to explore. And so it's been kind of a fun, just kind of ongoing discussion study that yeah. we've had. I think it was in that article we talked about things Jesus might have learned from Mary and might have learned from Joseph, you know, just the way that we inherit traits and characteristics, well, they're with him throughout his childhood, of course, and growing up and what would he have inherited from them. And we talked about, um, you know, that wonderful phrase where Mary says, be it unto me according to thy word, submitting her will to God. And just wondering that in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus says, thy will be done, is part of that submissiveness, something that he observed and learned from his mother which is just a wonderful, beautiful thing that God, of course, is going to entrust his son to a mortal mother that has the exact characteristics that he needs that mortal son to have so that he can perform the atonement. Similarly, we looked at Joseph and his response when he finds out that Mary is pregnant and his desire not to put her away or to put her away privately to not make a public example of her. And he's so generous and kind to her. And of course, the assumption is if she's with child, but in engaged to him that there's been infidelity there but in, he doesn't want to ruin her life and and does that image flash through Jesus's mind when he's for example when there's a woman taken in adultery thrown in front of him does he think back on Joseph his his mortal care, caretaker and think 
of the generosity that was given to his mother. And does he in some way use that as an inspiration for his kindness and generosity? Don't know, but that was the essence of that article. What we want to do this episode, though, is reverse it. Not how might have Jesus been impacted by Mary and Joseph, but how were Mary and Joseph impacted by Jesus? How were they changed by him? They're the very first people to experience Christmas what was it like for them? What did Jesus do for them? And as we look just a little bit at what that might have been for them, it'll help us reflect on how he can change us this holiday season. Well, to start off, Zach already mentioned this verse, um, one of my favorites in Luke 1. I think as we begin to learn about Mary um, in Luke 1, already she's inspiring. And I think that idea of how you know, applying what she experienced, this how she was changed by Jesus, um, we begin to see it even early on. Um, that verse after, um, you know, the angel came to her and told her what would be happening, and she responded that, well, sure, I'm scared, but sure, I'm going to do it. Um, and then we see her, she goes and visits Elizabeth. And I love this um Mary's salutation that they call it in Luke 146. Um, Mary, many mothers can know what it feels like to start to feel that connection to a baby as they carry um, a baby inside of them. And here Mary is in Luke 146. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in my God, my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowly estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Um, and she goes on, just some beautiful verses. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And mercy is on them that fear from generation to generation. He hath showed me strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. So, And she continues. I won't read the whole thing. You can study that with as you study Luke too. But I love that we see so early on her rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing in these changes that she's experiencing. She's going through something that isn't easy. She's going through something that is new to her, is extremely foreign and not culturally acceptable at all. Um, yet here we see her um, rejoicing in who he is and what's happening in her. And and then let's skip on to from Luke chapter 2. Um, after... All of those things happen. We see here the shepherds, um, and we see Mary's experience. Um, and then in Luke chapter 2, verses 19, um, I've always loved this verse, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Um, the beginning of her learning these wonderful, great lessons and being changed by, um, by Jesus Christ. And wouldn't it be cool if we had Mary here to tell us and all of these things that she pondered? I mean, not only that she experienced in these first few moments on this first Christmas, but um, what she experienced throughout the years. I loved the new nativity, and I keep forgetting what's the name of the video we've talked about. Christ Child. The Christ Child video um, that the church put out this year. And the scene that just struck my heart was the scene where um, the shepherds show up um, and they're the first people to come and give proof to, that this is a real thing. 
And I, f- I felt that in that video as Mary looked up at them and just realizing this is a big deal. These people that she hasn't told are coming to witness and confirm that the things that she received from God and the things that she's experienced were real, that other people were going to find out about it. And to me, that was just powerful. I think we can all um, kind of feel that in our own hearts and lives with um, maybe with our faith or with our own faith journeys. Um, And finally, just, you know, we don't get to know a lot about what Mary, how Mary and Jesus interacted throughout his life. But I do want to just um, share one of my favorite stories. Um, And certainly one I was excited to share earlier in this year when we studied these chapters. But this comes from John chapter two, um, the wedding in Cana. And I love this first miracle. So this was the first miracle that he did publicly. It says in Luke, um, John chapter 2, verse 11, the beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee. Um, and so this was really the first time he was manifesting his power to other people. And it came because Mary asked him, which is kind of cool to think about. This is the first recorded one or the first public miracle. But I wonder what she experienced as his mother or what she saw in him as he was growing and as they had their their mother and son relationship. Um, so this verse right here, they run out of wine and Mary's probably the host of this party. And she comes to Jesus asking, um, say, telling him that they have no wine. And he says to her, um, well, what do you want me to do? And this verse in chapter, um, this in chapter five, his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Um, this is an experienced mother who knows her son and knows that whatever he is going to say um, is going to work, that he works miracles. And to me, that shows that Mary knows that Jesus has power, that he changes things. Because certainly from that first Christmas, um, Mary was witnessing Jesus Christ is someone who can change circumstances, change people, change hearts, because that is what Mary experienced in her life with him. And um, I love that idea because I have felt Jesus change me too. We were in a local Catholic high school this week, and I was. they had all these wonderful nativity pictures up and a beautiful nativity, rose-covered nativity. And I was just reflecting on um, the reverence that our Catholic brothers and sisters have for Mary and her her relationship with Jesus, and um, I just think such a it's such a beautiful thing um, how much honor they they give her, and certainly that's a I think something that we can maybe seek to emulate that kind of honor and praise and recognition that we give for the very first of Jesus's disciples. Um. I wanted to look at Joseph. There's not a whole lot about him. It's in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and that's it. Um, by the time Jesus performs the, the miracles in Cana, it's assumed that Joseph is gone. No one writes about him anymore. Um, and so we don't know when. Uh, we do know in Luke 2 that he's still there when Jesus is a child. But somewhere between that childhood and his adult ministry, Joseph has, has passed away. Um, but I love this. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. And then here's the verse 
the line in the verse that I've never read before. Well, I've read it, obviously, but um, Joseph knows that Mary is pregnant. And he, because of who he is, natively a good person who doesn't want to put her away, uh, doesn't want to make an example of her. But then it says this, verse 20, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Um, in chapter 2, um, this is verse 12, and or sorry, verse 13, when the wise men departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Um, Joseph receives two visions in a very short amount of time. And that first line in chapter 1, verse 20, that he thought on these things stood out to me. And maybe it's because I'm personally trying to slow down and be a little bit more um, meditative in my life. But it struck me that Joseph is the kind of person that thinks about things. He slows down and he contemplates what's happening to him. And there's certainly plenty of reasons in his situation not to do that. But again, if we're looking at how Jesus changes people, well, maybe one of the ways that Jesus impacted Joseph is he causes this moment where Joseph has to stop and reevaluate his life. Everything that he thinks he knew, everything that he thought about how this relationship might proceed changes instantly. But instead of acting rashly or immediately even, he thinks on these things, which opens him up for powerful, life-saving revelations. Um, and I love that idea. I love that Jesus, when he interacts with us, causes us to slow down and to think and then opens up to us um, additional thoughts and feelings and revelations that he can guide, of course, and, and direct. Um, we know that he can do that, but I love the maybe inherent invitation in this for us to think on these things and then to open ourselves up for what we might receive from God by way of vision or promptings or feelings. I love that thought because... That's a lot, um, whether Joseph learned that from Jesus or vice versa, maybe they help t teach each other, but we see Jesus do that often with people. I'm thinking of the woman taken in adultery where he really is contemplative and calm about so many of the things that he does in his life. This really, um, maybe that idea of that taking time and pondering things, even like what you're saying, I was thinking of what I read in Mary. She took time and pondered these things mm -hmm. in her heart. It's really beautiful. Well, and then later on in chapter one, uh, Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. And then, of course, in chapter two, he receives that vision. Verse 14 in chapter two, he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. So not only does he receive vision and does not only does the introduction of Jesus into his life cause him to think and to receive revelation, it also prompts action, which Joseph doesn't hesitate to take. Um, it's a beautiful model for, I think, what Jesus can help us to do. That he can help us to pause and think and meditate and receive needed revelation. And once that is received, then act immediately. I wonder if we mix that around too often where we act too quickly and then we're left later on with the consequences of our quick actions. And then we have to think about it and pick up the pieces and wrestle with it. When 
the opposite might be the more beneficial way. At least that's the way that um, Joseph did it. And this, again, introduction of Jesus into his life gives him the opportunity to pause, think, receive revelation, and then act immediately to the benefit of his family and to the benefit of the Savior. So I think the final line on our Christmas card to you um, would be that Jesus changed Mary um, and Jesus changed Joseph and to let Jesus change you, to keep trying and finding out um, who he wants you to be, um, who you can become and how he can um, change your life and change everything because that's what he does. Um, And with that... Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas. We said we would do a short little episode, and it didn't end up that short. I knew it wouldn't, Zach. I told you. Anyway, we are so grateful um, and just want to say Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for showing up each week and for all that you bring to to us and to our podcast. Have a great week. Have, have a great Christmas. <laughs>